back to Out of the Rough Golf Boys. It was quite the day, quite the event, quite the major. We had a lot going on. And might I say, we also have a special guest who his last appearance was at the draft, the 2020 Fantasy Draft. He made a great appearance, made a lot of good points. Clint G., welcome back to the pod. Hey, thanks, boys. Glad to be back. Not going to lie. Although, had a little bit of a bummer circumstances for the day. My guy, who did, Dave, play consistent today, just not well enough. Yeah, I mean, DJ, that's who he was talking about, people. (laughs) Um, (laughs) DJ didn't do what he had to do today, which is kind of typical DJ in majors. He doesn't really show up. He's had a bunch of second places. He does have a win at a U.S. Open at Oakmont, which, you know, he probably should have about three more majors, but he doesn't. He just can't show up. Easily. No, I mean, hey – Hey, the 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 stats prove themselves, and you're right. The I mean, like where he showed up enough to once again get get second place, and what the bug does that do for you? Not win a major. So I'm I'm with you. Uh, he did he did just enough to to not do good enough. So I get it. But I will say, can we talk about how Kepka in his little interview after yesterday was like, I'm sitting in a good place and uh, yeah, I'm not really worried about DJ. I've got whatever he said. He's like, I've got five. He's got one. I mean, he, you know, he never wins. So, and then he went and blew it today. Yeah. Uh, he really. Situation. He really he did fuck up on that regard. He he was talking a lot of shit prior majors. He went in this Sunday talking a whole lot of shit. And you know, he just couldn't back it up this time. You know, it yeah, is what it is. He definitely. I mean he four what was he, four over today? I think he was four yeah, over. The boy shit the bed. Definitely did not show up. Yeah. And it's kind of funny. Paul Casey, I was actually just talking about this with my father-in-law, like, uh, how brutal, I saw Paul Casey just, like, uh, you know, saying congrats to uh, um, Murakawa, and and it's like, think about walking up to that dude, playing your 64th major, where you still have not won one, and walking up to a dude who's on his second major and just won it at 23 years old. It would be a, a little a little bit of a hit to the gut. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys that you could say that about. You know, Sergio was one of those guys until he won the Masters, like, you know, three years ago. You know, there's a lot of those journeymen out on tour that, you know, haven't had a lot of wins and are looking for that, that final major, and that's kind of where Paul Casey sits, you know. A few wins on tour, looking to validate his career with a major, and – you know, just fall short 
yet again. Yeah, but Paul Casey's way beyond the Sergio point in age. Paul Casey's 43. He's over 40, yeah. That's 43. I mean, Sergio won his at 37. Yeah, he's yeah. he's 43. It's uh, But, I mean, if you, if you think about it, I mean, that's still a lot of golf to play. I mean, 43. Yeah. Yeah, I mean per se. I, I mean, think honestly, you know, the way to look at that—it that depends like, on how long you want your career to last. I mean, he's on the back nine of his career, if you want to put it that way. I, I think the most impressive thing, though, to take away from it in Great general, is that he's even—he's even—he's uh, <laughs> even in contention at forty-three. Like, yeah, for you sure. know, he's the same age as Tiger. Like, and we're flipping shit about whenever Tiger performs fantastically, and Paul Casey was solo second at the PJ championship this week. So yeah. I think a lot of things should be pointed out at the same time as, you know, a breakthrough talent like Colin Morikawa just won the PGA championship at 23 in a second start and has more major wins than, or has the same number of major wins as missed cuts at the same time. Like the old guys are still in there. I mean, Phil and Tiger made the cut. Paul Casey's up there. DJ's getting up there in age too. And he had a 54 hole lead. So a cool little mix of older guys and younger guys making some charges. You know, shout out to Matthew Wolf. So, um, well, that that is, uh, yeah, Matt Wolf. I mean, wow, uh, freaking twenty one putting a play in today, and he gave he gave a little bit of a charge there uh, at the end. But yeah, that's impressive to say the least. I mean, he's got. Granted, I have uh, zero room to to talk in the sense of unorthodox swings, but uh, <laughs> he's got a, he's got a strange one. And it's, uh, it's definitely, definitely interesting to watch, but he's, he plays great golf. Yeah. I mean, Dude, there was a point where Dave was rooting against Colin Morikawa making birdie so that Wolf would get into a, like a nine person playoff at minus 10. Like it should be noted that Dave had money <laughs> on Colin Morikawa to win while he's rooting against him so that Wolf can get in the playoff. I mean, that's, we can, we can clearly tell where his allegiance lies. Mm -hmm. I ride hard for my boy Wolf. It's, I mean, it's admirable. I mean, Wolf showed <laughs> some stones today and you know, this was, he fell on the right side of sporadic this week. And that's what you can only hope for when it comes to majors. I hope he keeps, you know, falling on the right side of sporadic during most of the majors. I feel that, man. I feel yeah. that. Um, I think a, a thing that we should circle back to, which is one of the first things that we brought up, Blake, though. you still there? Uh, yeah, sorry. My bad. You're I'm good. here. We're um, circling back. Yeah, yeah. To, to, I, I, think, back I think Brooks. Brooks. We should talk Brooks for a second. I think he, he was a big narrative this week in the sense of, you know, it's been over a year since we had a major. Is he still the same Brooks? And I think for the first three days, yeah, he was the same Brooks. And uh, something, something different was the case today. And I'm going to open the question up. I don't know if I particularly believe it. I might. Um, but... Did he talk too much shit and he just – that actually got to him? Or was he just playing bad golf? Or was that a factor? I don't think that – he doesn't seem like the type of guy who can talk too much shit. Like, I, I think he likes to talk shit because he builds a narrative in his own head that he's the underdog and he's got a chip on his shoulder and he's just trying to exemplify that. I think he just didn't have it today. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see much of what happened. but I would agree – to a little portion of that, well, but the big that, thing here is that you said he has an underdog chip on his shoulder. All this shit talking this week wasn't that he was being forgotten; it was that other guys weren't good enough, which is very different. Yeah, 
I don't know. I, I get the vibe that he likes to feel underappreciated and be so that he can come in over aggressive as the tough guy. You know, it took him a little longer to get on tour than he thought it would and stuff like that. That That's the vibe I get. But he did come out as the the tough guy. I'm better than everybody here. So I could be wrong there. I, uh, sorry, my wife is putting her butt in boobs on the glass of the door so i'm a little distracted go ahead and flip your webcam (laughs) (laughs) uh that was great um yeah no i too bad podcasting um, is an audio form i'm kind of with you a little (laughs) i'm kind of with you on that kid i um you know i i don't I honestly think I told them that what you were doing, babe. They said flip the camera around, but <laughs> um, anyway. So yeah, I I I'm kind of in agreement with Kid a little bit on that. I you know maybe maybe he did almost get in his own head, like uh, uh, just talked enough shit, and he's like had a couple bad holes, and and is like wants to. Again, just got in his own head. Like, damn, I uh, maybe maybe talked a little little bit too much from my own britches there. But you know, I honestly think that if there was a crowd today, that would have played a big part in how this whole round would have gone down. I think that that is actually something like because he's so cocky um, and he does have that chip on his shoulder. I think he thrives off of the crowd and the reactions and situations like that and builds a confidence level that I don't think he was able to get to today because he didn't have that behind him. You know what I mean? In a supportive crowd way or in a demoralizing crowd way? Because he's really thrived in both. He thrived (laughs) in demoralizing at Beth Page and he thrived in people cheering him on at places like Shinnecock or at Aaron Hills. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I get, can definitely go either way on that. Um, but I think for, for for one like today, you know, striving to get another major under the belt, it would have it would have been in a in a backing way, you know, like them them behind them type way um, for him just trying to stack another one on the you know on the belt. Yeah, three Pete as well. Yeah, I mean Brooks was going for the three Pete. I mean, it would have been a cool narrative for him to see him win. Um, just to put my two cents on this whole kind of thing about Brooks and shit talking. Um, I think it was kind of, you know, a little bit of both. I think he talked a whole lot of shit like he's done going into majors in the past. And he was kind of just, you know, betting on that again. Like, I'm going to talk a shitload of shit and I'm going to go and win this thing like he's done the other ones. And, you know, he didn't start off hot like he did you know, at Pebble last year when he, he, I mean, he didn't win at Pebble, but he started off hot. He was probably hoping for a Sunday like that. And uh, he just didn't start off how he needed to, you know, he was a few strokes back. And if you don't start off hot, you know, it's hard to make something of that. And yeah. So yeah, you gotta get it. You gotta get the run going from the, from the start of the round. So do we think kind of, as far as narrative goes, do y'all think when Brooks is talking trash yesterday that he believed 
he was going to win this tournament yesterday, he thought he was in a great place and he had this locked up? Or do you think that he was painting a narrative to set himself up to fulfill that narrative? Um, I think more of the latter, the second part you said. I think he was trying to paint a, paint a narrative where he won. Like, I've done this before. I've been in this position. I've talked shit like this before. I'm going to go out there tomorrow and I'm going to win this tournament. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's less conviction and more visualization. And, right. like, and more, he's never done like this week when he kind of like jabbed at people above him on the leaderboard. He's never done that before. So that was almost like that a, being said, he was right. I mean, Cameron Champ and Scotty Scheffler, as much as I love the chef, um, uh, they hadn't they hadn't won a major before and they, really played any. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that's not exactly a, a very, you know, dense history of, you know, experience on that sort of stage. And I understand his point. I mean, it he, I think the shit talking really was far more focused on DJ. Because, I mean, he's like, he only has one. It's like, you know, whenever we've matched up. I think it was, too. I think it was more of a dig at DJ, which I I found interesting. I don't know if there's, like, a little hidden beef between them or something. I don't know. Well, the funniest thing is, is that that's the worst person to try a shit talk because he doesn't care. Like, you, <laughs> like if you're trying to rattle someone's head, you're choosing the wrong guy with DJ because there's nothing to rattle in there. You could just shake an empty fucking base. It's, there's nothing in there. Yeah, but I, I feel like it's kind of the same situation where you go out with your buddies like, kid, I'm not going to beat you in a round of golf very often, but I still want to talk shit because it, it brings me to another level. So I don't know if it's as much rattling DJ's cage as it is Brooks trying to elevate himself. Yeah, put pressure on himself to do better. Right. Um, people, I mean, it's the MJ thing, right? Like exactly. create a, a beef wherever there's one that might even be there, you know? Um, just create some mm -hmm. sort of fiction. You know, he probably has taken a little bit too much advice from the last dance. Like, bro, Brooks, <laughs> you're not MJ. <laughs> but you are a hell of a golfer, and I guarantee you're still going to be competitive at majors going forward. Like, it wasn't – he had a great 54 holes. Yeah. Like, it, you can't sneeze at his performance. He had one hiccup that, on, on, the, uh, on the last day. And, uh, you, you know, it's hard to bounce back from, especially at the end Whoa. of the day, like, some guys were moving. People put up some numbers. It was the easiest scoring conditions today out of all four, which is not what you want to see at a major. You don't want to see them. On Sunday. Yeah. And it was the easiest by, yeah, by played, several strokes, Yeah, it played strokes, easier right? today than it did all week. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, on the back, like on the back, in the back nine especially, played so much easier. But what was, what was weird was statistically today, like he played – well enough that he should have been in contention like statistically like greens hit and fairways hit and everything like that he he was way above average he, he was horrible around the greens he was horrible around the greens which was the big issue and he was always playing out of rough uh you know whenever whenever it was a crucial hole to birdie um, that he needed to score on he, he just was never in the right position or he was in the wrong side of the fairway um you know, he just didn't play his normal self in majors. We've come to expect more from him. But at the end of the day, this this podcast and this this tournament belongs to somebody else. And I think uh, all credit where credit is due right now is I think we should speak on Colin Morikawa and the fact that this kid is an absolute freak. And, uh, I mean, I, I, like, I like to say that I, I've been high on this kid for a long time. But uh, I think it, it didn't take any skill to be high on him at – 
an early time. Like he's shown from a long time that he's a fucking baller. Like he, he came up in the same crop as uh, Hovland and, and Wolf and, you know, those kids kind of outshined him in, in college. But I think what we didn't realize is that those college courses are so easy that if you can just bomb the fuck out of it, it doesn't, your ball striking doesn't do that much for you on college courses. And the fact of the matter is, is that Colin Morikawa is a generational talent of striking the golf ball. Um, I have, I I pulled some things. Well, I mean, he proved, he proved it on 16. That shot on 16 was nuts. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, that was with yeah. a driver too. Like, I mean, he's just an insane iron player. Like, he puts a perfect little cut on every single shot. Like, yeah, I mean, there's just few guys that strike a golf ball like him, and that's coming from you know people like Max Homa and people that have seen him on tour that have spoke super highly of him. And yeah, yeah. So Jonathan Wall, who went to school with Colin Morikawa, who's you know obviously a great player himself. Um, yeah, so Colin Morikawa went through a testing session on TrackMan that revealed his dispersion pattern with his six iron was as good as most elite players with a pitching wedge. Jesus, what? Yeah, so this kid doesn't fuck around when it's an iron. That is nuts. Yeah, he, he's an unreal talent. That yeah. I, I think people are just now beginning to truly understand. And, you know, Max Homa even said a, a, a great piece after he had won as well, which was basically... I'm really looking forward to the precision, the precision versus power um, kind of battle that'll be going forward for the next couple decades. It's basically, I like, mean, it's like Bryson versus Morikawa. Like, yeah, that's kind of like the two, the David and Goliath kind of thing. Yeah, and David well, came out on top today. You know, well, and I mean, it, talking about exactly the yeah. six iron versus pitching wedge, Bryson can't seem to get his wedges close. And Morikawa is hitting irons into the greens, and he's closer, than hitting them. spots, yeah, closer. I mean, it's, it's yeah. Wherever Bryson's hitting pitching wedge, Morikawa yeah. might be hitting a six iron. And guess what? He's better with the six iron than you are with your wedge. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he did the same thing. He put on a clinic. Well, that's what, place. That's where Bryson. Go ahead, Clint. I I think Bryson. No, sorry. I was just going to say that's where Bryson. You know, I think. Uh, has has his weakest link currently is just when he's not that far out from the green when he's you know when he's on a whether it be lob or approach or pitch wedge or whatever it is it's like anything under i don't know 100 100 yards or 120 like he just struggles to put it in a one putt position on the green you know well, and if we're talking about Bryson, I mean, the dude just found a way to put on 50 pounds and add 25 yards, 30 yards to his driver. He's going to put in the time. He's going to find a way to hit his wedges and be more accurate. I think that's a matter of time before that happens. Um, and then this is a whole different conversation. So, Yeah, I think there's some crucial things that need to change for Bryson. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Bryson's going to be a force. Well, and, and I think and the... If, and if- he could yeah I was gonna no sorry kid I was just gonna say yeah I I completely agree with that like if if he is able to change those things he's going to be one of the if not the hardest golfer to beat on the tour if he can get that dial yeah without a doubt for sure and I, I think one of the biggest things too is that Bryson is the sort of player that you can kind of wrote off mentally 
And, you know, whenever he went to a major, his, his track record has been pretty abysmal. The best finish that he had had in a major up until this point out of any of his attempts was T12. And, you know, this is a new Bryson. And I think people really need to recognize that as a golfer. Um, so mad respect to what he's done with this game. I'm not particularly the biggest fan of watching it, but um, it's incredible to see what he can do with a golf ball, particularly off of the tee. And he can roll the fucking rock. And, you know, he's a phenomenal golfer, but I think this, his ascension to being one of the best golfers in the world has been coupled by this dissension into just complete narcissism and just poor etiquette and just general, just absurd behavior that makes me viscerally root against him. Um, but that's also fun for golf viewing too. Yeah. Love to have a villain. Yeah. It's better to be, um, yeah. you know, yeah, there's no doubt. as opposed to being in the middle and just being non-existent and fucking vanilla in, in the gray area and people don't pay attention to you. You know, I'd rather, well, have, and ha yeah, I'd rather have people like Patrick Reed Sorry, and Bryson out there than, you know, fucking, Webb Simpsons and Charles Howell the Thirds. Mm, well, but but with that with that said, we can't as much as you can hate against him. We cannot put him on Patrick Reed's level because he is at a douche level that is so high you can't even step to it. Like we can't put him on Coming that from level. The guy yeah. with him Ooh, on his fucking man. fantasy team. I no, hate he's saying Bryce is worse than Patrick Reed. No, he's, no, he's saying he's, he's saying, saying the opposite. He's saying no, 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 no. Yeah, no, you can't, you can't put Bryson on a Patrick Reed level. There's no way. It's not. Which possible. one are you saying you is worse? How worse are you not getting Reedy's a piece? <laughs> also, uh, Clint, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put him on that Patrick level. Patrick Reed is a grade A piece of shit. Okay, I, dude, I can't. <laughs> I can't. He's not. He's not. As a human being, I feel like Patrick Jesus. Reed is a bad person. As a as a human being, I don't think Bryson DeChambeau is a bad person. He just has that root against him type flavor. Yeah. In my yeah, opinion. and he's pulled some you know weird shit lately with cameramen and you know debatably cheating in my eyes. He's done some borderline shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he, I think he just realizes that he's becoming a bigger and bigger personality on tour and someone people are looking at, and he realizes how much pressure he is to kind of come across and market himself the way he wants. And he just realizes that his innate way that he behaves actually isn't good. Like the way his first thought that comes out of his mouth, the first thing that he does whenever he's in a tough spot, whether it's hitting a bad bunker shot that his knee-jerk reaction is the wrong one is probably startling for him, and now he has to find a way to kind of retroactively patch it up. And that just kind of sucks when you come to the realization that, like, my knee-jerk reactions don't vibe with general audiences, and I guess there's some learning and behaving to changes to make, but unfortunately, I don't think he's having that last thought. <laughs> I think he's just trying to, like, steer some propaganda shit. I mean, he had his he had his PR but team look, but look contact the tour to pull down videos of him being ridiculous. Yeah, it's a roller coaster. Look at what's man. look at what just happened. 
look at what just happened though. Like, I mean, our we just started a conversation about Colin and it morphed to a conversation about Bryson and that's exactly what he's doing. He's shaking shit it up. Is and he's, the last and he's, ever, he's the topic of conversation right now. Ever since the restart, it's been Bryson, Bryson, Bryson. That's what it's been. The gains, the driver, all of it. It's it, like it's hard to hard to not talk about. Yeah, but do you want to be famous or infamous? There you go, kid. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think he wants to be famous. Wow. And he realized wow. that he's been pulling the, the, the everything in the wrong direction. That was yeah. deep. So do y'all want to steer hey, this boys. back towards hey, boys, Colin? Just real quick. I can we hold can we go back to Colin when I come back? I've got to take like a five to ten minute break. Okay, well, I, I, I've got a go side topic. Whatever. I've got a side um, topic that we can do with them while you're gone. Yeah. I, I'm sure it will last because Dave will want to speak on it for okay. a day and a half. All right, yeah, you go do whatever you have to do. Okay, perfect. I have three I'll be guesses. Better. I'll be back. Make sure you I'll be back your mic or something if you keep your AirPods in and shit. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna set them down and I'm gonna come back yeah, that's and fine. put them back in and I'm gonna jump right back in. Sick. <laughs> I'm sure the viewers are mute, appreciating this fucking information. I got right it. Now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> We're taking Man. you guys behind the curtain right now. No. We're clearly seasoned veterans at this. Yes. And we... <laughs> my father, my father-in-law is leaving. Sticking his birthday. boobs up against <laughs> the glass in the bathroom well. Say bye. I'll be back, you bitches. All right, kid. <laughs> get this shit back on track. Okay. So, with this phenomenal major victory for Colin Morikawa, he jumps to fifth in the world. That's a that's a jump from twelfth, and uh, I mean one of the youngest to ascend that position. He captivated the alluring uh, Patrick Reed world ranking that he always wanted, and Colin Morikawa did it in God knows how long compared to Patrick Reed thought he was going to do it by. Um, so it's it's an impressive feat. I mean the the kid has um, you know as many you know as many missed cuts as majors won, and I'm going to get off of Colin Morikawa now until. Clint gets back, but it's it's only to bring up the OWGR because the boy Rombo is back at number one in the world after this week. Woo! Dave didn't even know that. I just told him that. And his, and his face just lit up. His face just lit up. I did not know about that, but it is fucking good news to my ears. And once he gets it, he will hold on to it for a long while. Yeah, I mean... To be honest, after his showing this week, he—I mean, he played okay, but he doesn't—he doesn't deserve to get the number one spot back after this week. He's lucky that JT kind of imploded on the back nine today. Yeah, um, because they didn't—they wouldn't have, if JT didn't come in like bogey bogey. Um, they wouldn't have been that different in position on the leaderboard. Like Rom kind of backdoored into what was it a thirteen? Uh, yeah, yeah, like T thirteenth or something like that. And, uh, you know, good for him. It's a good finish. It's just not like he was never in the mix. Um, unfortunate that, you know, the biggest thing that I think kind of was a, a bummer about this week is that you really didn't see anyone get shafted more than the guys that were constantly going off at the wrong time. Like, this was similar to an Open Championship, but at least with the Open Championship, it's a little bit predictable once they get to the weekend where it's like, 
okay, the afternoon guys are going to have it worse. And then the morning guys are going to have it worse. But it's like, nope, this time the after- afternoon guys got it worse. And then the following next day, those guys got ripped again. Yeah, yeah Rick got shafted each of the days. <laughs> uh, poor Rick. Yeah, Rick. Those, those one-footers, man. <laughs> um, and then after that, you start seeing it where normally in the mornings on the weekends, those guys have a chance to have better weather to catch back up on moving day. And they got kind of got shafted again. I mean, JT almost was on the track to shoot like a goddamn 58, but and then he kind of fell apart. But you kind of saw the same thing. <laughs> he <laughs> he was on definitely track. fell apart. <laughs> I don't know if that's ever been muttered. I was on track to shoot a 58, and then it just kind of fell apart on me. I'm <laughs> always on track for a 58 on the front nine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just I'm, eventually falls apart. As soon as I start my round, I'm on track to shoot a 58. After the first hole, we'll see where we're at after that, but. I mean, I was on track yesterday to shoot 18 under after the first hole. And I was like, this is it, dude. We're, doing We're here, boys. Get my tour card ready. Yeah. But, you know, it, 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 it didn't behave the way that you would have wanted it to kind of give people kind of the fair shake. I think for a lot of people, you kind of come to expect it with the Open Championship. And at least it's a little bit more, um, I wouldn't say predictable on the weekends, but... Um, you're, you're, you're going to see something more reliable out of the weather over there when it comes to everyone's playing in the same day. Whereas these San Francisco Bay Area microclimates are fucking insane. It'll be like 55 degrees around San Francisco and you like go across the fucking bay and you see like 77 degrees. It's, it's nuts. Can our listeners hear the cloud shot? right now from cvs going across the screen or do we just have to have them envision it if we're talking microclimates let's save the uh the broadcast takes for uh, for a second um i just wanted to go in and maybe talk we are we saving morikawa till clint gets back yeah 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 okay well let's talk a little bit about wolf can we yeah sure yeah um great showing for my boy I just couldn't make any putts. I, yeah. He had two really good short birdie opportunities. He went, did he go birdie, birdie, eagle? Or was it birdie, eagle? It was birdie, eagle. Yeah. He, he was like five under through four holes at one point or something. Yeah. He was going out like birdie, 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 par, birdie, eagle. It was, it was fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, needless to say, he had a chance to be right where Morikawa was if he made a couple birdies. Which were which was very doable, um, but you know they just didn't fall for him, and it is what it is. I, I he I, he showed that he can be there in a major, which is awesome. And his first, it's his first showing in a major, and I liked what I saw. Yeah, I mean, I would argue that was one of the highest sh- scores he could have shot today. Yeah, and I mean, just to, let's see if I can go back. I mean, he I was stuffing it. He was stuffed. I mean, he shot a 65 today, one worse than Colin Morikawa, and I felt like he could have shot a 61. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was out there today for him. And, you know, dude, uh, his, ceil- his and, ceiling is just so And, dude, he mind. was yeah. loving it the whole time. Smile. Great attitude. He was yeah. vibing. Yeah. yeah, great attitude. I mean, he, he was putting on a show, and I can't believe that people are still blown away at his routine, that the fact of the matter is that, like, this guy's so. So different. I can't believe how far he hits the ball. Everyone hits it far as fuck. Yeah. Like, let let's let's just get that out <laughs> yeah. out there. Like, we don't yeah. need to hear like I can't believe these guys hit it a fucking mile. It's like yeah. it's twenty twenty. These guys yeah. are swinging fucking perfectly crafted like aerodynamic heads, like four times bigger than you saw 
10 years ago. It, these guys are going to keep mashing it. So let's stop yeah. talking about Faldo, it. Faldo, seven irons go 200 yards now. That's just what they do. Like that, that will be a thing. I'm sorry. We're already forward. steering it back to a oh, broadcast. No, we, we made it exactly <laughs> like, a minute. Before we talk half. about broadcast, let's talk about Wolf. And I just turned the Wolf thing into like the. Broadcast. Yeah, yeah. But what? <laughs> It's no. like the broadcast and Bryce and the two black holes. Yeah. Jesus, yeah, it's unavoidable. But no, the the ceiling on Wolf is incredibly high. He's going to be around for a long time. It's really, really fun to watch. He's a little different, and I I think that makes him more interesting. And I think he's going to do really big things in the game. Yeah, I bring it up on the uh, the podcast a lot, and this is perfect timing because Clint's back. As I always say, you know, out of the three between Hovland, Morikawa, and Wolf. Morikawa is the best one as far as his ability, but I do think Wolf has the highest ceiling, and I think that showed it today. It just those putts just didn't drop. Yeah, and those two putts in particular. He was he finished at ten under. He would have been at twelve. Morikawa still would have won, but maybe if he had those two those two birdie putts, it would have got some momentum going, and who knows what could have happened. So this is. But I, I really loved, like well, I said, I loved what I saw from him today, and it just. He had a couple sloppy bogeys too. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is that the hardest stretch in the golf course is like seven, eight, nine, or sometimes like 13, 14. But he birdied seven, eight, nine, and then eagled 10. Like, yeah. Yeah. if that isn't him in a nutshell, I don't know what it is. Right. The guy's got an insane ceiling and then somehow manages to kind of toss a couple bogeys and not right. make a couple putts. Like, if he could get with Brad Faxon or someone who like fixed Rory's putting, like, the kid could be nuts. Mm hmm. So, and that's perfect for Morikawa. But, and correct me if I'm wrong here. Morikawa led the field in strokes gang putting today. DJ was leading the field in putting going in or through yesterday. So, it really, everything game came down to who's making putts. And that's who won the tournament. And like you said, Wolf, if, if he gets hot with putter today, then this is a, a very different conversation. But I think it's really interesting. Obviously, putting is Morikawa's weak point. If that that's, kid's that's putter the, stays that's hot, the, that's the narrative. Nuts. The narrative is his putting's weak it's point. Not I've never been it's on. not the narrative. He has missed a lot of crucial putts. It's a small sample size. He hasn't been on tour for a long, very long time. That's kind of since the restart, too. There was never this narrative about his putting being bad before the restart. Like, But also because no one was watching him before the restart, really. Also, I mean, he had one on tour. Like People were watching him, for sure. Like... I, I, I'm, I've the never same, been the on board same with tour this. Where, the same tour win that you were fucking always saying was garbage compared to I'm Matthew Wolf's 3M. We were like, it's a Barracuda. It's an opposite a field event. It's fucking stable for it. It's not a real fucking event. I mean, I, I do agree it wasn't like a huge win, but like people were watching him is my point. Like people knew who he was. He had one on tour, et cetera. But the reality is well, like if you look at the numbers, he's above 100 they, like in strokes game putting from almost every stat. They manipulate numbers, man. Those numbers. I, I'm not a big numbers guy. <laughs> I don't. I don't. You think, they, you, 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 you think they, the strokes game shotling system is manipulating more calories? They're they literally statistical. They literally like to spew out numbers that make, you know, they like to say numbers. Like what, I'm, what I'm trying to hold you to right now is do you think shot link data is intentionally inaccurate? No, they're not intentionally inaccurate, but these numbers don't necessarily mean what they mean. Hmm. I don't know where to take that conversation. Yeah, but well, what I but putting putting is the common ground here that we're talking about, and I think that that's that's just golf in a nutshell. Like, you can't putt, you can't win, and that's what won this tournament today. And if you would, if you paid attention to deep putts, they were all day 
long within an inch. You know, he would put it four or five inches past the hole, but it was within an inch or a quarter of an inch to just rimming in. And if he, if he could have had Collins putting today, which he had for 54 holes before today, then he would have been just yeah. as in contention uh, on that final round as he was all week. And, and it, you know, it is what it is. It comes down to putting and you have to do it on day four. And that's what Colin did today. And that's what won in that tournament. Yeah, I mean, Colin made some crucial par putts early in his round today that were, if he didn't make those par putts, and they were lengthy par putts, he would not be in the position he was in today. You know, and those are just... Oh, uh, starting starting on, like, hole two, I think. It was either hole three, and he, he had a probably 25 or 35-foot par putt, and... Um, Um, we, we lost Clint there for a second, but, you know, Colin Morikawa was definitely sinking a lot of really crucial putts for par left and right. And I mean, to go back to like, you know, stats lie is that we're taking the small sample size of this tournament to say like, this is the thing I like to remember is these clutch moments, these clutch putts, these big moments. Whereas, you know, run, you know, week in and week out, Colin Morikawa makes his hay with his irons. Right. And the weeks that you put it all together are the weeks where you win. And he put it all together during a major week. And at the end of the day, that's that's what he's going to be remembered for. He's going to be remembered for this week more than any week going forward until he wins another major. And Good he, was playing on, he was playing on bent grass greens, you know, really easy to, to put on. And uh, he, 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 got, he got honed in. I yeah. mean, he's from the area. He went to school right down the road. And, you know, he was, he was honed in. I mean, I know he only played a dozen rounds out there, but you had to feel like he had some level of comfort there that other guys didn't. It should be noted that he didn't win just from his putting, though. He lead, he lead the field in fairways hit, proximity to the hole, and putting. I don't know how you lose with no. that being the case. <laughs> that's, that's well, the yeah, when you, when, when you take on, what, three out of the major four statistics that they, that they keep up uh, on these rounds, I mean, like, if you, can, if you can even do two of those, generally you're going to be at the top of the field. But if you, if you knock out three of them, it's almost a slam dunk. I mean, you, how how are you going to lose if you're playing that good? Yeah, I mean, it, it ties in perfectly back to Max Homo's question about, you know, it's going to be fantastic and really exciting going forward to watch the power versus precision, you know, battle go down because, you know, whoever kind of takes that last category of putting is probably going to be the winner because you look at the two other guys that were leading the field off the tee with Cameron Champ and Bryson DeChambeau, they were in the mix on Sunday and they just couldn't quite get the ball in the hole in the same way that he did. I mean, Bryson was still rolling the rock pretty well. He had that 95-footer the day before. And, you know, he was definitely <laughs> rolling 18, the rock pretty well. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Cameron Champ wasn't quite rolling the rock in the same way. Um, he had a couple well, big and, saves, and Cam- but he had a big save Cam- today. Cameron was off the – he was really – I mean, he was having trouble finding the fairway today, which I think was also a big factor for him. He was crushing the ball like he always does, but, I mean, he – he was definitely having trouble finding the fairway today, which I think made it a lot harder for him approaching the greens. Here's a perfect example, though. You guys just kind of, like, let the thing, that one long save putt that Champ made, to be the thing that, like, themed his putting to you over the weekend, where the fact of the matter is, is that he honestly was just he was just lagging them close most of the time, even the right. ones that weren't that far away. Uh, um, I mean, I feel you. I was just, like, trying to give yeah. the boy some credit. Well, and I think with, with Champ, <laughs> it, it looked like kind of the, the pressure got – to him a little bit 
he he made that big birdie and he he was very much in contention for about a hole and a half and i think he started to go like oh shit i'm in this thing and then that's when he started to get a little wayward off the tees he made that really bad six uh coming in on nine i believe and i I think that's when the wheels came off because the pressure was just a little too much for him and morikawa did not struggle under pressure at all at any point yeah Yeah, that's true and i think champ i think champ's going to be a great golfer over over time with his career i think he's he's going to kind of hone in on some of the things that he's struggling with currently um you know just like any good golfer does and i think he's i think he's got a a lot of potential i mean there's there's what i mean eight or ten of these guys that are 25 and under right now that are just possibly going to be the that not possibly going to be that are the next wave of golfers that are going to have like long careers in golf and going to do amazing things and and he's definitely one of those but if he can shape up these things like in a in a quick manner he's going to be he's going to be a big force in the game at a young yeah, age I mean, we were saying the same thing with jt and spieth and daniel berger and brooks and honestly what it just means to me is i'm fucking terrified for the guys out there like brant snedeker or kevin streelman or or you know adam hadwin or charles Schwartzel. like these guys like the the next crop of kids they're coming for you in the same way that they're gonna be coming for the younger bucks too like the game is getting younger, it's getting deeper, and they're just becoming freaks. It's yeah, like just raw talent, like you said, Morikawa, the iron played, Cam Tramp with the driver. It, it's gonna be really incredible. And that you put Wolf almost in the same conversation with drivers as Champ. It's gonna be really incredible to see where golf goes. I mean, just the crop of kids that are learning how to play the game with a track man that are basically yeah. dialing in their game down to like small fractions of percentages small fractions of yards getting everything dialed perfectly so it's going to get wild man there's going to be i think you're going to see that bisection of kids that are chasing distance and kids that are chasing more cow's kind of angle you're going to see the kids that can't beef up that are smaller going more cow's kind of going more cow's direction there and I, I, it's going to be exciting those are going to be the kids i'll be rooting for most of the time for sure um I want to just commandeer this podcast just for a second to talk about broadcast. Just, just to bring it down, just the vibe down a little bit and just say um, what we saw today was garbage. Um, what we saw orchestrating, producing, you know, the timing, the golf shot shown, the amount of clouds that we saw from the blimp, the amount of times we lingered on people standing there when we didn't even show their shot. Um, the, the, the shitty narratives, the vapid call-outs to corporations, the, 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 just a huge sham of a production that was so apparent and so blatant in comparison side-by-side side to the fantastic job that ESPN did with SVP, Dave Duvall, McDonough, like all these guys that were killing it before, just slamming in golf shots, just talking about sports, treating it like a normal sport and not some stupid, you know, just overly pretentious gentleman sport that's, you know – just dripping with freaking Rolexes and yes, just all I, that. I the, the one thing that I still to this day hate about golf broadcasting is is the golf time. And granted, I'm a very loud person, so I mean, I you know I may not be the best the best one to talk to about this whole situation, but the when a amazing golf shot goes down and 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 the reaction, you know, on the broadcast team is wow what a great golf shot and it's like whispered into the fucking mic that drives me insane i mean like like 
there's times where you have to just Show some enthusiasm. Yeah, I actually have. I got a question. Stoked. Like you're in, you're in a household with uh, two young ladies and an older gentleman who I believe just turned sixty nine. Happy belated birthday to him. Um, oh wait, how the did way, they? My father in law really did have a birthday today. He really was here today, and he did turn sixty nine. So I thought that was kind of cool nice. too. Anyway, uh, so I did get up to say goodbye to my father in law. That was real. But yeah. Side note: on with the. Yeah, so to kind of tie that in, I knew you had a household with basically two for sure non-golf enthusiast golf fans, and then also your father-in-law who possibly watches some golf here and there. How did, did, were they paying attention to it? Did they care at all? Were they even looking at the TV? Was there anything captivating about this at all besides your interest in it? Um, I mean, my, definitely my father-in-law and I were, I mean, we were, uh, we invested at least five maybe six hours into it today um you know and and luckily luckily for us there was good golf played today because i agree the actual broadcasting wouldn't have kept anybody in outside of that but no my wife and her sister were laughing at tiktok videos and not paying attention and you know when when her dad and I would have a, a reaction, you know, they're like, Oh, what, what happened? Because they're, no, they weren't paying attention. They weren't. Someone put a white ball uh, in a hole. Yeah. Yeah. Like. They, were, they weren't engaged, you know, like, and, and I think if there was better broadcasting, could that bring in a different crowd or, or keep people more, uh, more engaged? I, I possibly, I, these two, I don't know if it's going to be the case. See, yeah. that's the question. Like, would would better broadcasting really bring in other people? Maybe people on the border that, like, play golf, golf casually, you know, and, like, are borderline, like, interested in watching the broadcast. Yeah, maybe the broadcast would – a better broadcast would bring them in. But, like, people that aren't interested at all, like, I don't think a broadcast really matters. Like, it's just them Yeah, watching. and I, I, think, I can know. definitely agree. I mean, like, my dad's a great example of that. Or I – so at the dealership uh, on Saturday, I had I had golf on the TVs that are you know up in the like lobby part of the dealership, and one of the customers that was um, waiting to go close on his boat was like, "Oh, wow, golf! Thank goodness you have this on." I was just thinking of taking a nap, like. Yeah. You know, like there, there's, there's that type of person. Out That's there. usually like the demographic, that. though, right? Is like it's not trying to get the wives that aren't interested in sports, really, or you know, that that crop of people. It's really just trying to get the actual, just general sports fan, the person who will watch football on a Sunday, the guy who will watch basketball during playoffs, the guy that is interested in the World Series or the Stanley Cup, like those sorts of sports fans. That if they can just understand what's important about golf, what are the big moments? How does like where is the momentum? Who are we focusing on? Like following the narrative on like a, I think there's something that needs to be tackled with a broadcast that can do a better job of of painting the picture of where everyone's laid out, where are they a leaderboard, keeping an active picture of how these things are springboarding back and forth because it's just a snapshot here and there just jumping around at different people. And I think they need a better job of weaving everyone in and just showing them like how they're on the fly moving on this thing and not just like, oh, back to here from a moment ago or over to here where this person is so-and-so. Well, it also like- I agree with that 
sorry, Dave. I, I was just going to say, I agree with that completely because that person that kid described is me to a T like as a, as a sports uh, like enthusiast that watches like on TV, basketball, I watch playoffs, hockey. I watch the Stanley cup baseball. I watch the world series football. I will watch full regular season. And only because I am a golfer, do I care about golf, but a shitty golfer, but uh, you know, only because I, I do like to play it. Do I, enjoy watching it but I mean what he's talking about is me to a T and finding a way to engage that um and and like you said show like when you when you tune in you don't just hear some monotone talking about what's going on right then and there but talking about the leaderboard talking about who just got to where and how they got there and, and shit like that I agree. I agree with that. And I think I think a lot of it, especially for new people trying to get into like watching golf or on the cusp of watching it, I think that they I think having a leaderboard up the majority of the time, because there's often times when they're showing a shot and you're like, where is this guy at? Like, how many strokes is he down? They don't have it up like you're looking for it, but it's not there. And then even if like the golfer they're showing, if they have the leaderboard and if they're in the the top five or six or 10 or whatever, highlighting their name and showing like m making it easier to follow the story of what's going on as opposed to like trying to fill in the blanks. Like e there's a lot of stuff you could do to make it easier to follow and easier to like get engaged and know what is going on. The problem to me though, well, is that I think they would tell you, you I think they'd tell you that they, they're trying to do that and they think they're doing that. I think where they get hung up is that, okay, DJ's in contention. We want to show DJ. I don't care about DJ standing in the fairway or about to hit a shot. Like they're, they're chasing the narrative, but they're, they're trying to paint too much of a picture instead of just showing us the golf. Like I want to see, I want to see a shot. I don't care about the other shit. Yeah. And I'm like, saying, and what I'm saying is like, yeah, exactly what you're saying panda dj when he's about to take a shot but as dj's taking a shot make sure the leaderboard's up in the corner and have his name highlighted what his score is how many off the lead he is and what his standing is right now like make sure that is always apparent keep that on the board as a watermark in the corner the whole time well it it's it's what keeps it's what keeps somebody engaged because i mean look at look at even sports that uh aren't normal for the average household to watch street league skateboarding uh even supercross like mm -hmm. they're constantly no matter where they are in the race in supercross the leaderboard is up top and you know exactly how many seconds behind whoever they're on at that point you know is from the leader so what you're what you're engaged in right there is you you've got some skin in the game you're like oh dude he's only two and a half seconds back so it's this it's the same concept with this i mean where it's like oh shit he's on shot three here yeah. he holds out i mean like he's in the lead yeah. or whatever i i'm with you um yeah. on that i think that yeah that to tie up the broadcast segment difference. of this yeah to tie up the broadcast segment of this i think the clearest thing we can do is that their idea of what they think the narrative is isn't the narrative. Their their idea of capturing a narrative is to stay in the person for personality or their their reactions or their facial mannerisms or them, you know, just lingering on them aesthetically. Whereas and the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that 
you try to draw drive a personal narrative of these guys when you don't know anything about them. So if you don't know anything about them, you're not going to actually be able to do a proper job of driving a personal narrative. You can't just tell us what school they went to and how old they are or the last time they won a tournament. That's actually that's not actually driving a narrative. If you want to drive a personal narrative, you have to do a mini doc with them for a week beforehand and cover their life story before they got there. That's what's compelling to people. And put a mic that's what on they get them. that's what they get on every day on network television. So let's Except the fact that you guys aren't going to do that. All right, so what's the actual narrative? The actual narrative is the golf tournament that's going on right now, which means you have to do the same thing that Clint just said, that David just said, that Ryan has said, that is cover the golf map, the map of who's in contention, the guys that you're battling with on your level. A, a great example of this is just generally racing, racing on any level, whether it's F1 or NASCAR or whatever you're talking about, is that whoever's on the screen, you show who he's battling with at that moment. What does he need to do in this hole to surpass that guy and just jump two more spots on the leaderboard? And then show what's his progress through his round. The biggest thing right now is that golf has such wasted potential in the broadcast because the screen is bare. It's empty. They don't show anything besides on occasion, usually after they've made their putt, how far along they are in their round and what their score right. is. That should be a small widget in the corner at all fucking times. So get that score narrative and that leaderboard transition and migration down first, and then we can take on some graphics about the, the layout of the course and how that affects play or shot tracer and all that sort of thing. But just get down the migration and the flow of the scores down first because that's what the story is. No question. I, I agree with that. And I think that, um, you know, for a lot of people, and I, I could be way off base on this um, just depending on how you, how you view golf as a whole, but yes, it's a gentleman's sport. Yes. It's got this, you know, prestigious level. Yes. There's the guy that talks in a super soft tone and, and, you know, it sounds super prestigious or whatever, but there was a point in the round today where, uh, what's his name? Justin Thomas hit a yes, shitty shot. Yes. And he said, fuck. And it's, it's hilarious to me. So it's relatable. Like, yeah. It's so it, it wasn't relatable. just fuck. It was God fucking golf. damn it or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. You did yeah, a God and, fucking and damn it. And I mean, in the, in the commentator was like, uh, you know, apologize if, uh, anything that, that he said offended anybody out there. Fuck that dude. Like, as you can see, you know, not the shot that he wanted right there. If, if any of you've ever played golf, you can probably relate to that. I mean, you, just You've probably said on. something don't, much don't, more don't, vulgar. Golf is obviously extremely stuffy. They try to be over. It's it's like a kindergarten classroom. They really think anything will offend. Everything will you know set someone off and ruffle their feathers. Where, you know, vulgarity is a part of sports because it's very emotionally driven. People are invested. And the moment that golf gets over off its high horse and thinking that they're prim and proper is the moment they're going to start succeeding because. Every sign is pointing to the direction that people want to be a normal sport. That's why Tiger became so compelling is because he brought dominance and a certain level of trap, like just kind of general dominance and trash talking to the, to the mix and just him being kind of confident and cocky. And that wasn't golf's MO before. And at the end of the day, you're going to see more fans coming in when you start seeing it kind of relating to the rest of the sports well, landscape. And he brought, he brought emotion to the game. I mean, he brought, sincere intense emotion to the game and that's JT, something just that, then during the the outburst is that what we're talking about you talking about tiger. Tiger. No, no i'm talking about tiger but so, I, I mean like you know and that and that engaged an entire country if not if not part of the world you know i mean like so that is what's currently missing in my you know you do have your 
DeChambeau's that ruffle feathers. You do have Brooks Kopka, who's talking Kepka. I hate that his name is actually not Kopka because it's spelled Kopka. But anyway, it – oh, my gosh. Uh, so, as far as, as far as that goes, I mean, I – you know, you do have Brooks that, that brings the emotion and brings can bring that out of people. But from the broadcasting standpoint, which is what we're talking about, they're not they're not diving in on any of that. They're not making it, you know, super viewable from from just the average person out there's perspective. They're not giving anything that makes somebody who doesn't give two shits about golf want to watch it. If it if it scrolls to golf like you said, kid, what's the shot going to be? It's going to be just a – I mean, are we looking at, at the 17th green right now and not at players or not at an actual shot that's going on right then? I mean, there's too much of that shit going on where it's just showing the scenery, the beautiful scenery of the golf course. Well, well yeah. if you flip channels and you see that, are you going to stay on that? Absolutely the bottom, not. The bottom line is that most golf shots look very similar in general to the average person, right? Unless you play golf regularly, like a golf shot on a hole isn't going to look much different to the average person that's watching sports or in general, right? It's just green grass. They're aiming at a flag and they're going. So like kid was saying, like the more you can do to build a narrative of what's going on at that tournament, yeah, leaderboard. Gonna, like people yeah. want to see people beating people. They yes. don't. If if they can't understand the nuances of a golf swing or a flighting or trajectory or the landscape or undulation of a green on approach, like that stuff is going to go over their head. They try too hard to get bite-sized pieces of golf intellect into people's brains that they're not going to hold on to, especially if they're a normal viewer. So it's really or getting care the about. thing that they not, yeah, not only right. hold on to, but just and, care about, right? And just. In just general, the broadcast needs to stop treating like they're all on the same team here. If you look at sports all over the place, they're battling their players. They're constantly asking them tough questions, always kind of honestly belittling them at certain instances. And we got to see that for a little bit this week. The broadcast was making fun of Bryson when they were calling a rules official and like, oh, do you think he's going to want a second opinion about breaking a <laughs> shaft? Or they'll dig into him about how, you know, he was whining about ants. Like the ESPN broadcast that was so clearly, you know, separated from the PGA Tour that wasn't on the fucking payroll or being told what to say you got a more honest and sincere and just general more human broadcast and it wasn't you know overly sanitized to be you know a gentleman's game or all class acts and we need people to root for we need people to root against and we need people to show their true colors and if bryson's the kind of guy that complains to rules officials and doesn't respect their authority out there then you need to be able to show that and show that that's, you know, the kind of guy he conducts himself as. And at least that broadcast for a short period that wasn't related to CBS or the tour actually leaned into it. And I think their needling of Bryson was honestly a great showcase of what a good broadcast can be and show that, that depth of different characters out there. And we can end the broadcast. Yeah. Stuff on so the I wanted to, to transition a little bit talking about narratives a lot there. Um, I think we're about to see a lot with Morikawa in narratives and comparisons to Tiger here coming up with him winning a major this early and the miscut, oh, he was so close. If he doesn't miss that cut and he does break Tiger's record and then wins this major, I think the comparisons would have been out of this world. And I'm wondering what y'all think if we're going to see a ton of that or obviously I think it's incredibly unfair, but 
what y'all think about if those comparisons are coming or, or no they're just not going to hold water there's just unfortunately he's just he can't do what tiger did one because the the, the it, yes the field is deeper now but also just like i mean tiger won his first major at 21 he was already younger than him and yeah. he won more by the age he was 23 like it there's no comparing yeah. Like and unfortunately, we did the same thing to Spieth, which I do have a set time allotted to Spieth to talk about here for a minute. It, it didn't I was bode well for to Spieth. get on Spieth because <laughs> I have some things to say about my boy. Um. So, uh, you know, Spieth got put in that same category because he had a historic 2015 when he was 21. And he was doing some of the things that Tiger was doing, and Spieth is kind of feeling the pressure that comes along with that. And unfortunately, Rory dealt with similar things and. So far, Tiger's the only one who can handle that shit. Also, and, like, well, to go I, on to that real quick, uh, like, if you can't handle that pressure, you can't fucking handle it. Like, you're not the next Tiger then. Like, it, coming from a fucking, like, not a big Tiger fan at all, like, Jordan, whether it be Marikawa or whoever, like, if you can't handle that pressure, you're not fucking him. Like, yeah, you're, but you aren't he was asking, to... is the narrative after, is it accurate, is or should they be fit? having it? I'm saying, like, firstly, no, it's not accurate. He isn't, hasn't achieved what he's achieved. What he's doing is historic, certainly. And, but whatever you see whenever you're like, oh, Justin Thomas has won 13 events by 25. Who else is on that? Jack and Tiger. Oh, Spieth has won three majors, two in the same year by the age 21. Who else is on that? Oh, Tiger. Like, every single time you grab one kid here or one kid there or this, what, this kid over here during our modern era, it's always just tying back to some stat that Tiger had. So it's like you grab these little fractions and pie pieces from different places. They, as an aggregate, become Tiger, but they're not Tiger. And, and that was but exactly it, my but point. But at the same time, I, I think, but I think something that you just brushed over very quickly, kid, is yeah, the, the field's more like there's more, but I think that's such a major part of that. Like, not to say that Tiger the depth wasn't of the playing field. great golfers at the time, the depth of the field, right? So, we're, we just had a conversation talking about how many people are in that 21 to 25 segment right now that are amazing golfers. Like Tiger didn't have that in his time. It's it's the it's the same, you know. People are going to talk about like oh Jordan and LeBron and like look at how many good NBA players are in the field right now versus when Jordan was there. Were they there? Yes, of course they were. But was it as gnarly? No, it wasn't. And it's the same thing now with Tiger and Morikawa or, or or all of those kids. I mean like. There's there's so many good golfers in that 21 to 25 range right now. Good, um, you know, going on what Ryan was saying, um, I I don't think that what he's done so far is is going to put him in the Tiger talk just yet. But if he can keep it up and if he can be the force that his eyes are showing right now that his putting showing right now, just that his ball control is showing right now. Could he be in contention to be talks with the same level of tiger in the future? I don't think it's that crazy to think that. And so it's my, just whether or not he can keep it you, up. And, you, it, and that's the speed. That's the speed. Do you, right do you award like, some sort of inflation for major majors won during this era versus Tiger? Is there is there a way to say like one major during this depth of field is worth one and a half of what Tiger was doing in in the nineties? I, I honestly believe that because of the depth of the field. I really, it's not to take away anything from Tiger. 
it's 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 not a debate. He's he's one of the greatest golfers. Hey man, of all you're time. you're it's preaching the to the fucking what, choir what, right now, bro. You're preaching. But but I mean choir. like, but I mean that's in my personal opinion, what he did, without a shadow of a doubt, was great. But could he do it in today's era? I don't think so. I don't think he could. I don't think even if he was at the skill level he was at at the same age as these kids. I don't think he'd be able to take all those. I don't think he would. I, I'm okay. I disagree. I, I think maybe he's a slightly different tiger. It, like, feel, may, it may, feels good to not be the one in this corner right now. Maybe he's got 60 wins instead of 80, Clint. Like, I, I think he still would have been – if that kid who was doing what he was doing in the late 90s with the equipment that he had then, what he would be doing right now with, with technology – and this was not at all my point – what I, what I was trying to get at is that I think this Tiger conversation is going to come up, and I don't think it's fair, and I don't think it's needed. Yeah, that, I mean, to tie it back to that, and unfortunately, with almost all golf podcasts to an extent, the big black hole is Tiger, and it always finds its way back to Tiger in the conversation. Um, to tie up this portion of it, I think you people make the argument before this point that there was a difference between errors between Jack and Tiger's, and... They still hold up Jack as the major, you know, the greatest major champion of golf at, at his 18. And I think there's clearly a further disparity between the the 60s and 70s and 80s of Jack's time versus the late 90s, early 2000s of Tiger's time versus now. And it, it's hard to make the argument. I, I would agree that Tiger would have less wins. Um, I don't know if he'd have left less major wins, maybe a couple. Um, but the, the thing that Jack... Um, and Tiger both did is that they, they claim majors very late in their careers, you know, Jack in 1986 at the masters and Tiger in 2019 at the masters. And, you know, besides Morikawa and, 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 and Hovland and, and Wolf, who are these new crop of kids weren't at that masters, or at least weren't as uh, professionals hovling at low amateur um, Tiger is beating these kids now at 43. So um, I think we should keep that respect on his name and recognize that he as far as I'm concerned, is still the singular greatest talent that golf's ever seen. And we can continue to debate that in any stage on any podcast that we want. Um, but, you know, there's some ridiculous stats that won't be broken by him. But to transition it back to the tournament and back to Morikawa, there is a particular stat that should be, you know, kept close to Colin uh, Morikawa's name going forward, which is um, his weekend score at the PJ Championship at TPC Harding Park was 129, which is the lowest closing 36 hole total score by a champion in a men's golf major in the history of golf that's unreal <laughs> that's more than just his performance obviously tpc harden park was kind of bending over for people sure. and he obviously had a phenomenal weekend. i mean people talk a lot about like aaron hills for brooks and stuff there's always people talking about the venue you mean and... for jt no aaron hills but he's the one who matched johnny miller's scoring record there and like that's yeah, but they're like, like that isn't a, like for Brooks that like that wasn't a real major venue. Like that isn't you know, like, I th it wasn't like what people expected for a U.S. Yeah, Open. sure. But you know, this obviously you know it was a thirteen isn't a, a huge score, but it is pretty. It's pretty damn low. Yeah. Um. So it's not what you'd expect for a major, but I think that really just shows that I mean, Colin killed it and. You know, his closing stretch, I mean, he shot 65-64. So, he, that's not fucking around regardless. I mean, Brooks well, had a big number on Sunday, and that just shows that the course can get away from people. Yeah. 
you know, and that what you're saying, kid, is like you gotta you gotta hone in on on what's going on in the now, right? Um, just in general. I mean, like just so if if well, no, no, no. Like you do, you've got to hone in on the now, and and if you look at that that particular that's impressive no matter what like what's going on right here and now it's it's you know freaking Patrick Mahomes right now like he's got some stats in his second season of football that are best of all time and if you can if you can put yourself in a category at a at a young young age you know that puts yourself with the better than the greats have ever done you've got the possibility of an amazing career in yeah. the future. And I, and I think that that's what Jonas you've got to appreciate for this particular tournament. And he has, he has, he, Colin, Colin Morikawa has the future on his side and he has the benefit of having a lot of time to come, which people can put whatever they want in that vacuum. They get to put, you know, tiger, the next tiger in that vacuum Unfortunately, you can't do that for other guys that are you know, coming in later and doing stuff. People can't do that for stuff, people like DJ. And to an extent, people can't do that for someone like Brooks, who's already a, a bit older in his age. And even when he had, you know, uh, four majors in, in, over a course of like fucking 30 months, which is just crazy. Um, so let's, I think we should tie up more a cow with a bow here. Well, with- real quick, just because we were talking about Harding Park and Aaron Hills. So Brooks won the Aaron Hills at 16 under. So, I mean, Marikawa won at 13 under this week, you know. It was the lowest two-day score is what. Well, I know. I'm not, yeah. I, what I'm saying is, like, that. I get like, what you're saying. Yeah, like, if the course, you know, Aaron Hills debatably was playing easier, you know. So, it, it was it, 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 it was, was a, a major venue, yeah. you know. Like, there's nothing. It was a fucking major. Marikawa won a major, like. That's just the masters have been won at lower scores than that. It's you yeah. know it, it 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 is what it is, and I think it should be. It's a it's a good stat. It's a good record for him to have, and I don't think Johnny Miller would talk shit about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if only he were there, not yeah. to get back on broadcast. Um, I think we could tie up more Kyle with a bow here and just uh, a quote from Brooks about him. Um, obviously he was not one of the players that was above him when he was talking shit about people above him, but he said, he's a hell of a player. He's really good. You see these guys coming out of college. Now they're ready to win. It's impressive what they do. They come out of college and they're ready to play out here. Hats off to him. It's true. These this new crop of kids are insane. They're going to keep being good. And, uh, I'm sure that crop of three is a unique talent, but I think it's going to be a consistent thing going forward, which makes Brooks, his future. Brooks being said that today. That was a quote from yep. today. Yep. I mean, it seems like it's every 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 couple years or every other year. Like, there's a group of guys that come through, and you know, they make a significant impact on tour. You know. Yeah. Um. So I know you said you had some pieces to to speak on Spieth, and before we get to those, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. I'd like to touch before by issuing Spieth an apology. Um. <laughs> I. I, I I did him dirty last pod. I, I talked mad shit, part tongue in cheek and part just, you know, I'm I'm riding that cocaine train with everybody else. And your boy's been on it for the better portion of eight years, seven years, and your boy's getting some withdrawals because I haven't got the hit in a while. I've just been coming at the wrong times. Um, 
you know, he's still part of the wolf pack. I still love the kid. Um, it's, it's, it's rough at times, but what I saw this week with him having an abysmal first round and just really in shambles on the driving range, just trying to find something and then coming back on Friday and shooting three under to make the cut on the number, um, you know, shows the heart and grit that we know Jordan Speed to have and that my hat's off to him that he's still out here grinding it, knowing that he's gotten the worst end of the stick on the side of media and people like myself with my massive following of, of listeners. Um, I issue an apology. Uh, Speed is obviously the man. I hope for him to come back strong, but it's, uh, it's rough that he's just not, not, not who he used to be and not even remotely close. So, I am here, Dave, before we let you go to not accept Kid's apology. I, he is not in my wolf pack. I'm not on the speed train. And he was literally praying to the golf gods on Thursday and then shot eight over on Saturday. So b- before you do your speed apology, I'm just here to say that the hate is all in from this side of the table. I fucking love that. Like, I don't agree with it, but I do love that someone who's golf's golden boy, someone just like, nah, fuck that. That guy fucking sucks. I'm out. Um, so what was your piece? <laughs> I don't mean it if we took I, any, any I, way. I still love Spieth. I just, just going to throw it out there. I know he's had a rough go. Still love the guy. But he's Dave, a ju- he, he, is, he is a perfect golfer off the course. <laughs> Like, yes, the way he conducts himself with the media, the way that he's so open and honest and vulnerable with people, and he just does some questionable things on the course when he's not playing great. It should be said that I think he's probably a great human being, and this is strictly golf-related. I know, but Clint went off earlier saying that he thinks Patrick Reed is just a horrible person. (laughs) So I just wanted to clarify that that is not my stance. He corrected it, and he said he's not. I'm not necessarily saying he's a horrible person. That's what Clint said. But we have postponed like a full five minutes now. Dave, you got a piece to speak. So what I saw from Speed this week, the golden boy has potential. <laughs> That's what you got out of this week. No, sure. I mean, <laughs> well, I, no, I really wanted. I love that. That's what he says. No. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's not exactly what we would hope for from the boy, but he made the cut. Um, he ended strong he, on Sunday. He shot 300 a day, and, you know, he's just working through it, man. He, I mean, even JT said, man, you know, everybody goes through it. There, there's hard times. You know, he's just in a hard one right now. And that direct quote? <laughs> That is literally exactly what you get on Twitter. You will see that from JD. So, Dave, what, what's the solution? You see potential. Is this a – do we finally let Greller off the bag? Do we need no, to get a never, new swing coach in there? What, what are we doing? What, what writes this very wayward ship? Yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say get Greller off the bag. If anything, Speed is holding dear life to Greller to keep him on the bag. Like <laughs> – Greller like might pack up and fucking go play caddy for somebody else. 
he's gonna say bones do you want to come over here i could definitely get a microphone for a couple weeks if if you want to try and write this ship i'm just honest i think fucking jordan just needs to fucking relax i think he needs to go on a fucking spirit quest that's dude that's where i was going i was like he needs to go to fucking south america take some fucking ayahuasca and fucking just relax like fucking see what mother nature needs to fucking tell you i want to i want to see him tear up his like under armor contract just come out looking like fucking arnie from like the the 50s he has like a fucking long beard he takes like a two-month i don't know if you've seen jordan but hair isn't exactly his best strong suit of growing or happening but uh no him coming back in just like white linens and he starts playing the like the tour with like out shoes on just barefoot and like or he just does what we said in previous you know podcasts which is basically he moves out to augusta and he only plays the masters every year not a bad plan i mean i think he also only plays at augusta he's a member there and that yeah. is the course he only plays he we, plays it once a year as a pro and he wins it most years yeah <laughs> i mean i i think whatever whatever he decides to do will probably be the right decision because he knows better than anybody else but i do think he probably is too nice and i think there's probably some fucking fat that needs to be cut and he needs to start tinkering and and I understand loyalty and I understand sticking with someone like Cameron McCormick or sticking with Greller or, or doing anything else. But um, I mean, let's be real here. I don't think Greller's the problem. No, I just was thrown out. No, there. I wasn't yeah. talking about yeah. you in general. You just said it again with yeah. McCormick. Like if, if we're talking, I don't think, I don't think Greller's the problem. Well, if, if you listen to Jordan on the course, it sounds like Greller's a huge problem. It's like, what is that? That was a perfect shot. What was that number? <laughs> Michael, like, <laughs> I don't have a cut. Uh, a swing uh, uh, for the shortcut. Um, yeah, so, I mean, obviously we're just kidding. But yes, of course. The, I feel like I have to do that with Spieth right now because he's such a sensitive to- topic for so many people. Like, because he's just so close to so many people. Like, the moment you're talking mm-hmm. bad about Spieth, like, you must, like, hate golf. Like, right. Um, but... Yeah, everyone wants to see him come back. He it, it's clear that everyone aches for him to come back because he's he was a supernova. But yeah. unfortunately, if you keep taking longer, kids like Morikawa are gonna come take that spotlight. But do dude, the ascend ascending to fucking greatness once again? Do you know how bright he's gonna shine, kid? Do you even realize? I mean, we got that with Tiger. We know exactly how bright it would shine, and obviously. Mm. If you even think it's going to be remotely as big of a comeback as Did they Tigers. ever call, call or call fucking Tiger the Golden Boy? I don't think so. No, they called him the Goat, Dave. That's what they. That's what some call him now. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the the fact of the matter is that Tiger. I, I Dave. I, I semi share your your love for. I somewhat share your love for. Uh, Spieth and and you know I I really I really do hope that he can he can make that comeback and he can kind of I guess find himself like y'all are saying I mean he I think he just needs to go to the Bahamas <laughs> for like two months he said kid just go play rounds with linen pants and no shirt or shoes and just relax and go find himself and come back and just dominate I mean I think he's got the ability to do that I think he's just heavily in his head right now I mean to think to some, in the 2019 season I, what did he end up 51st I, if you look at, at where he ended up for the season I think it was somewhere around 
first or 50, whatever what it was. But to even think that that would be a possibility is crazy. Just with the force that we've seen him bring in the past. So I, 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 mean, I hope he comes back and I hope he comes back with a vengeance. But I, I, just, I don't know. 20- Speed then in 2019 at 44th in the world, and currently he's 60th in the world. So, I mean, he's still going down the roller coaster. He hasn't started going back well, up. I yet. mean, well, how, where, how do you know he's going down the roller coaster? This is Speed's roller coaster, man. I mean, we're speaking based off world ranking. Remember, Dave doesn't value stats. <laughs> I mean, that's to, true. They're not even and not to get much on the OWGR <laughs> thing because it has to do with the fact that like your previous things are expiring sure. and like he has trended decent form in certain circumstances throughout this this season. Um, but I, I just he's not as close as people think he is. At the end of the day, like it's not one th- like he's and fixing something different. I mean, this every is something week. I've said before, but it, golf is a thing where something just clicks, and we've all felt it. We've all felt it like where something clicks, you have one swing, and then all of a sudden you're fixed for the fucking while. And that's all Speed needs is something to click. And then it's like, whoa, we're back. The Golden Boy is back. And we're winning Masters and we're winning Majors. And we're off to the races, baby. At what we're point? We're on cloud nine. I, I gotta, we're I gotta, rolling the big stuff, dude. I got to hold you to something <laughs> then, which would just be at what point does it, at what point does it, is it too late? At what point is it like, are we just sitting around like, when are you tired of waiting? When, when are like, I don't get this conversation because like, is, is Spieth supposed to be in this place for, for six more years? And you're just like, one of these days, this thing's going to click and he's going to be back when it masters at the age of 32 and everything's going to be great. I mean, I'm, I'm along for the ride, man. I'm a Spieth, I'm, I'm a Spieth fan. I get just it. like I'm a Rick fan. Like I'm there. <laughs> Rain or shine, glutton for I'm punishment. still, I'm still, I'm still not. A Rick, Rick me out of the mix this year in the Survivor. Still sitting a little sour with me, um, but really, all that lost with me, he's no longer able to be called Big Dick Rick. I mean, it's just not a name he can withhold in my mind because he no longer has that dick. It's no longer there. But anyway, that's a byproduct of what we're talking about. I think the speech is going to come back. I'm with you, Dave. I believe in him. And, kid, to answer your question, I think that he's still young enough that that when, when do we call it quits, when do we say, yeah, he's, he's past bringing back, I think that that at minute is five years away maybe even a decade not that it's like not that it's too late for him to here here's a better way for me to phrase it it's not how long is it too long to stop rooting for him or like wanting him to win something because like he could win the masters in his 50s like we all think that's possible but when do we stop having this conversation like we're not having this conversation about anybody else like the fact of the matter is that he hasn't won since 2017 at Birkdale and like Fuck, I started this off by apologizing. And here we are. <laughs> yes. We're back on my side of the table, baby. So let's let's do it this way. But, but with that, but with that, well, no, with that being said though, with that being said, kid, I mean, who we're we're not having that conversation about anybody else because who else grew to that stardom and did what he did and then fell off as bad as he fell off? There's nobody 
there's nobody that was at that level. But, but we've him, been talking about this for two reason, years. That's the only reason. Three. Well, I mean. All right. Hey, you don't start talking right. about it right it's after. It's so funny. Like, no, we the, the second we it was hate, a, yeah. We all hate different people so much whoa whoa so whoa, whoa, whoa so what is happening this is what i'm worried about like the only fact that i'm an honest critic of, of speed doesn't mean i don't like the kid i do love the kid his golf game when it's on i love his personality on and off the course some things on the course are obviously questionable but like i don't think because i'm a fair critic of speed and speaks honestly about what the state that he's in can be criticized for saying like i'm not as on the bandwagon sure. as everybody else just like i just trying to be a real like, yeah i have a lot of property on spieth island like i have <laughs> like two homes i have large backyards and that thing like tons of open space i bought <laughs> loads of property and i'm just looking around just realizing that like bro we've had a fucking hurricane like, wait did i buy in detroit of us for fucking two years <laughs> what is this yeah and i'm boarding up my window so everyone's like you know, it's going to pass here it, Eventually, it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> hey, but you know what, kid? You know what, kid? The studs are still there with that hurricane analogy. The studs are still there. I'm telling you, <laughs> he is rebuilt. He will be back. And he's going to be, he's going to have a makeover. It's going to be a fresh look. It's a remodel, okay? Yeah, it's sometimes you have to de demolish all the buildings that are on the island with the hurricane and build back even stronger. I don't want to live in a house that's only studs for the next five years, though, guys. So, Clint, I've got a blank I'm okay check with for doing you. it. Like, okay. look, I, I, I'm here. Like, look, I, I'm gonna be on Speeth Island if the if the hurricane knocks down my house and I gotta rebuild it. I will. I'm not leaving the island, but I'm just pointing out that it's really fucking uncomfortable <laughs> living here. <laughs> so, Clint, I've got a blank check for you right now. You tell me the number for a Jordan Speeth win this year. One to one. What What's the number? What do you want to wager? I'm saying Jordan Spieth does not win a tour event this year. Any any golf event. I'll even throw in like a charity sure, program. Yeah, if he's playing a scramble, fucking the boys on. <laughs> are, are, we are we talking about like him and his homies go to play around? He's not even going to win that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you live near him. I mean, you go to the country club. You see you what the game, money game was. If Spieth left with more money in his pocket than he entered with, then we'll we'll cut you in. Yeah. But no, the the check it, it's a blank check. You tell me the number. You you, we can make that wager. You have confidence in your boy to win this year. Uh, it's halfway through. I, it's, it's halfway through August. It's basically over. I don't know if I have that much faith. I'm not gonna lie. I've got five. I don't. I I, I really. Five, <laughs> right, five it is. I really do like him, but you gotta okay, back your boys. That's Dave's just tax for being loyal. <laughs> <laughs> that's just Dave being like, see, that's that's Dave on Hurricane Island being like, yo, like there's there's Let's a rebuild. <laughs> there's a Dave's like, all right, guys, I think it's time for us to start rebuilding these homes. Like, bro, do you not see that tsunami coming? It's like, it's like, nah, like, man. Like, we're not gonna I, do like a full remodel, but we're gonna put five in the I'm, windows. I'm, call, I'm calling the freighters. I'm telling them to bring everything more, back now. It seems like we're getting a drizzle. I think we should maybe put a tarp up, kind of thing. You know, it's a $5 tarp. It's locked in. Okay, so how many? Let, how many how many rounds are left? I don't want to put a lot of money on this, Ryan, but just because I'm a How many rounds are left? I, I mean, like that depends gambling. on if he makes the fucking cut, bro. <laughs> okay. I wrong wrong choices. What how 
how many PGA events are left? I can look it up. Yeah. You. Regardless, um, I got five on a run. I got five left. with Dave. <laughs> we got two majors. We're we're in August. We're we're past halfway. Okay. Halfway. We're about to be in the playoffs. I mean, who knows? Can fucking, we talk? Can we talk now, about they may like cancel the rest of the season because like... of fucking COVID? We never fucking know. But I'm willing to put five on it because I got faith in my All boy. Right. Clint, you got five on it. Dave's got five on it. We'll we'll call it there. No, I got. I, I got. I, nah. What do you want to? What do you want? Let's let's uh, let's. Uh, <laughs> no, you got you guys. You, you guys need to pump the fucking brakes because Clint, we have we have. You can literally say any. That's why I called it a blank check, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys need us. Cancel this bet now because there's just one event before the playoffs, and Speed isn't going to make the playoffs. <laughs> I still have <laughs> so Dave has five dollars on that. That Speed will win the Wyndham Championship next week. He might not even play in it, but oh, I still have five on it. He's going to Greensboro, North Carolina to <laughs> win. Damn it, All right. Dude. Well, I mean, and then um, and then there's the U.S. We're Open. And there's into, we're gonna carry it into next year. Look, I'll give you the calendar I mean, year. I'll US give Open, you until probably January. Not for sure. I just oh. don't know if Spieth is gonna play any oh, of the wait, fall wait, stuff. Wait, which to me is like, bro, go get whatever you, you can. get the reps. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you till January, Clint. <laughs> well, maybe that's when that's when he's going to the Bahamas. No, he's going to. Bahamas, he's gonna. I'm telling you, Maybe it's only a Tigers event. Event. You might win Tigers event with 18 people in it. <laughs> Tigers event hey. is a good event. That's because Rick just won it. <laughs> I mean, not just. It was a while ago. But Who won it this past time, like a decky or something. Who won Rom? Rom Rumbo. Rom won it. I yeah, got. It. That um, was a while ago. It was canceled this year. Anyway, um, so I think uh, what we need to jump into next, because, you know, we're coming up on time, and I'm sure a lot of people need to get it, pack up and get out of here. Um, fantasy. Let's talk fantasy. We got a guy on the pod right now who's in the fantasy league. and uh, Well, all of us are. <laughs> well, a, a guy who isn't normally on the pod who's in the fantasy league. Um, I think it's appropriate to start with Clint because, because of this past week, you managed to finagle your way all the way to the bottom. <laughs> so, what do you got to say about your boys? My last now? Oh, Am yeah. I last now? <laughs> Dead last. Yeah, and just remember, last week, Jimmy had three points. <laughs> so, it's not looking good. Um, Wait, you were... I, have, I have less than three points? No, he, got, he gained points, he lost points. So, this week, after this week, you're at nine points. How did I, how did I lose points this week? How did I lose Majors, points? Everybody baby. that I you, had outside. You, you lost a lot of cuts, or you missed a lot of cuts, and then on top of that, uh, you lost a Dave in the head-to-head. Only one of my players missed a cut. Only That's one incorrect. of my players missed a cut. Let me... Let no, me, it's not. Joaquin, Neiman, and Rick. Uh, no, did you forget Rick, oh, Joaquin, Neiman, and Neiman did miss, and Rick missed it by so little. Once again, fuck Big Dick Rick. He didn't I mean, get that name. I fuck mean, he, Rick. he he missed the cut by whiffing a one footer and hitting it like two inches forward, which is possibly the most glorious way to miss a cut. It's pretty incredible. Um, but yeah, so you got any, you got a piece to to speak about your boys at Kling's Dynasty. Like, how are you feeling? Who, who, who so, are the guys that you're vibing with? Who are you not vibing with? 
overall. I'll give, give you a recap of who's on your team right quick if that's what you're searching for right now. You have Joaquin Neiman, Patrick Reed, no, Dustin no, Johnson, Ricky Fowler. Neiman is the guy that I should have never touched, okay? I shouldn't have touched him with a 10-foot pole. Neiman was who I was like, you know what? I see some potential. None, okay? Big mistake. Now, as far as Ricky Fowler, um, um, me down multiple times this season. Uh, especially this week and more important, the Survivor League in the week that I picked him. Um, DJ, yeah, he's uh, he's done some stuff. Patrick Reed, yeah, he's done stuff. Still think he's a piece of shit. Um, who else? I got one more. Uh, I know. I was going to tell you him, but you were telling me you knew your team. I <laughs> I don't remember him. Hold on. It's Kevin Kisner. <laughs> is. Oh, the kid is is not bad. Okay, <laughs> didn't he finish like third overall last? I mean, he's wait. No, I'm thinking of Kuchar. Uh, Kuchar. <laughs> don't worry about like, all that. Like Kopka. Yes, exactly. Kuchar and Kopka really battled it out. <laughs> hey. Look. Look. Clint, number I, one, I did you dirty, man. Spell, I, okay? I, I, I did you dirty. I wanted to see what your reaction would be. You're not in last. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy is still oh, in last. You You're in I was second like, to no last. Way. I thought I had like eight. I was like, I thought I had like eighteen points. No, you still have nine points. <laughs> oh, that's but, not great. Not bad. But Jimmy, Jimmy has five points. Um, just so people remember, Jimmy's team has Adam Scott, Bubba Watson, uh, Kepka, Kucher, and Paul Casey, who actually did pretty great this week. He got a uh, solo second, correct? He, he did. He did indeed. And it should be noted that I was standalone no, second place second, and it? lost. Yeah, Paul Casey got second. Um, I lost to Jimbo's last place team yeah. due to seeding this week. Um, and an unfortunate due letdown. to seeding, like, and I know that <laughs> <laughs> world would be like, yeah, I'm going up against the worst team in my league. The worst like, team okay. in the league, <laughs> points wise, but I I caught a bad beat. All right. <laughs> I mean, look, if you were talking about Jamie's team before this week, you would have said Adam Scott, Bubba Watson, Matt Kuchar. Brooks Kepka, Paul Casey. I'm not worried about the team. I'm only worried about Brooks. And right. Brooks didn't get him any points that I, week. I, I think you I think you actually did say it on the pod, something similar, probably, huh? Yeah, yeah probably. Probably. <laughs> probably exactly what I said. And uh, unfortunately the world number one, John Rom, let me down as my points. No, 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 no. At the time, not the world number one. The current world number one. <laughs> Justin Tom just Justin Thomas is the current world number one. Well, that's, actually, that's incorrect. Yeah, you were gone while we were talking about this, but it's, it's back to John Rahm again. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, back to it. that, that being said, um, all of the underdogs won in the head-to-heads. Yeah. So Dave beat Clint, um, Jimmy beat uh, Me. Ryan, and um, to move up in the points chart to Brandon the third of two. To move up in the points charts to the third to last place is me, who was beat by Brandon. Um, so uh, to get to my team, uh, I have 
Daniel Berger, who was one stroke away from being in the top 10, who just had an up and down weekend, but uh, all around, you know, I think he's going to do good things for the team. He just couldn't quite get it done on Sunday with one more birdie. Tough scene. Um, Hideki, who, you know, middle of the pack, you know, he was, he was doing okay this week. He could have gone low, but you know what? I'm just happy he's not losing points for my team at this point. Um, Patrick Cantley became a non-factor um, over over the course of the week. It was tough to see him go away. Um, Xander Schauffele just absolutely um, was striking the fuck out of the ball this week. He was doing what we expected from him. Just couldn't make any putts. Just kept burning edges. It was uh, it was rough. Uh, weird bunker play this week. Uh, wasn't quite there as sharp. Um, but I think it should be noted that you know my top earner on my team, my Beautiful boy, Sung J M uh missed the cut this week, which was which was a tough scene. Um, you know, future number one in the world, future major winner, your, future greatest of all time. Your beautiful boy. My beautiful boy. <laughs> um you know, he's gonna keep doing great things for the team. I know he's gonna bounce back strong. It's tough to miss cuts at majors because they're worth double the points. And you know, we're going to come back strong. And my team now is huddled at 14 points. We lost a few this week. And, uh, you know, we're going to bounce back stronger. But leapfrogging me in, in the league was Team Raw Speed, Brandon's team, who has de facto, like, left the league, um, but somehow still managed to beat me. It's kind of rough to watch. But um, he had Rory, who was a complete non-factor this week. He was playing like he was not the number one player in the world, but, like, the 101st player in the world. I mean, for God's sake, Rory, get your shit together. You're one of the greatest ever fucking hold a golf club. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, Max Homa, tough scene, seeing him kind of miss a cut right next to, you know, home scene uh, for school. Um, Gary Woodland, was he even there this week? I don't even <laughs> fucking know. Um, Easy with the Gerdog hate. <laughs> uh, Gary's th- like Ryan Spieth. So. <laughs> yes, uh, he's a Kansas boy, all right? <laughs> Topeka, Kansas. Yes. Um, he Justin wrap, Rose. He, he likes to wrap the web red, white, and blue. Yeah, he's a patriot. I have nothing but respect for that. Um, Justin Rose, who was one of the worst earners in the league, just got himself back to even by getting a top 10 this week at the uh, major. And then Jason Day managed to keep his body together for fucking 72 holes, and he got himself a top 10 as well. <laughs> so he had a lot of things go for him this week that helped him leapfrog me. So, I mean, I'm a little bitter about it, but we're going to jump up from Brandon to uh, Ryan. I um, couldn't tell. I couldn't tell that you're bitter about that at all. Um, but real, real quick, how does this even – so I'm not even I'm not even familiar. How does this even work seeing as lost this week? Am I still in the mix in some way or am I out no. of five? No, you're in, you're in the mix because your guys could win tournaments and majors really turn it around. I mean, yeah, we have two majors left. The season ends after the Masters in November. Um, we had to make some obviously some some changes and some amendments to the league with COVID and everything. So we don't have as many tournaments left. You know, there's just a handful left. We're talking, you know, less than less than ten, um, uh, maybe even less than that. But. Um, well, I guess less than 10 covers the whole, the whole gamut there, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, but on to, on to, uh, on to Ryan's team. Yeah. We, uh, we had a rough week. Nobody performed really well. You know, Rombo backdoored into a 12th place. He was one stroke away from getting the top 10 and getting me a tie. 
Uh, Webb was pretty much a non-factor. Tommy Fleet kind of shit the bed these last two days, didn't do anything for me. He was in the mix. Um, And then same thing, Abe Answer was here, but we probably didn't see a single shot of him over the course of four days. Um, And then uh, the guy, J.B. Holmes, is just that at home uh, doing his thing. (laughs) The the one guy in the league that was not in the field. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, we're we're still in a a fine place. We had a a firm lockdown on second place, and I think we fell to third and – uh, it's gonna take some some real work from world number one John Rom to to claw us back if we're gonna be in the mix I think and Webb's still got some in him and I think Tommy's just now getting his game back coming back into the league a little late with COVID so well we're down but we're not out yeah um, I like it I like it hey question though um, I haven't used my drop can I still drop and pick somebody up or is that too late. No, you can certainly do it live on the air right now. I mean, pick up Cam Champ, baby. He's hot. That's who you want. You make your own decision. Wait, is he? A, is, I mean, you, it's no. coming from the guy who picked up fucking JD <laughs> oh, Holmes in the waiver wire, so I wouldn't really take his advice really on anything. I like, I like oh, the boy Cam Champ. <laughs> I like the boy Cam Champ. I think that. Uh, he is an option. I mean, you could pick him up. I put mean, put your money where your mouth is, Clint. But there but are a lot of options. It, you don't don't feel pressured to pick up and some drop. He did qualify right for the U.S. Open with this finish in the yeah. top ten this week. Ooh, that is something to think. Also, about. Wingfoot will I mean, be I playing think, long. Uh, also, well. everyone on your team is going to play in the U.S. Open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. But the boy, I don't even, I have trouble with pronunciations. Neiman, Nyman, don't Neiman, know how Neiman. to hear about his name. That's what I said. Um, One of yeah, the good times. He's, he's an idiot. He doesn't, he doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> what the fuck? For the record, we will never have a guest on this podcast after tonight. I'm sure that was in the plans. <laughs> I'm going to call up Hey, hey, this guy says he's an idiot. <laughs> okay, Glenn, who, who are you thinking just, right now? I've got mixed emotions. I need to look at the board. I mean, I. you know what, though? I will say, even though Ryan said it, the boy champ could – he planted a seed. I mean, I think he did. Well, the champ tree is growing. Don't see it today. <laughs> You're exactly right. No, I mean he he planted it. He planted his own seed. I mean that. I mean he played. He played decent golf this week, and I mean with with how old he is. With I mean he's literally. We're talking about ten tournaments. Yeah, it's, it's not a it's not a keeper league. I'm talking about ten. No, turn. but I mean, like he, yeah, but he's he's literally got the longest drives on the tour. I mean, he's he's mm-hmm. going to. He did he did this week. Did I mean, you not yeah, see? He the, bombs. He bombs the ball. There's no doubt about that. No one's debating but, that. 
but I also I was talking about it earlier. He found himself in the rough a lot. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't have the ball control that I think he needs to be. Uh, you know, a force. And how about how about you take you know, how about you take I don't, the night? I don't think he's there, but let it marinate. You think about who you want to drop, who you want to add overnight, and we'll figure it out, and we'll just get to the next team. <laughs> I mean, hold on. Dave really... wants to talk about his team, Clint. Which um, is fine. Yeah, I mean, we're, I mean, we're getting we're we're in we're long the in the tooth. I mean, you're you're nearly last in this league, so I feel like I owe you some advice here to just get you along. So, some key things to really Kid who's take. sitting safely in third place owes you some advice. Um, fourth place, actually. The, the main the main thing here is that you you got to remember that the next few events are going to be FedEx Cup playoff events. You want to make sure you're getting a guy who's going to have the FedEx Cup points that are going to get him into playing in those events. So, I mean, we don't want you kind of cruising around and be like, man, I'd really like to pick up, you know, Sun Kang right now, or I really want to pick up Lucas Glover. Like, th those aren't the guys you're going to want to be going with. Cam Champ is pretty far up there. You might be want to look at a guy like Harold Barn the third. You want to be looking at a guy who's Dude, gonna... that's actually that's actually who made me think of this whole thing. And did you not? I looked because I was I was watching him play, and all right, I'm gonna see if he's on anybody's team, and he wasn't. And yeah, so he I mean, was that's the one that got all me right. thinking about it. No, Chucky he was the one that got me thinking about. I it dropped Chucky. No, you're both wrong. Harold Varner the third. Yeah. Um, is that? I, I mean, you know, take your time. You can come back in the morning or whatever you want to do. But you know, you got that opportunity. It's open. You can also solicit a trade from someone else if you think Joaquin Neiman. I'm is open trading. to trade Tiger. David is open to trading Tiger for Joaquin Neiman or Mark Leash. Or he's willing to trade Mark Leishman for Joaquin Neiman. No, I'm not trading well, Neiman. Neiman. Oh, I don't well, want Neiman. What, what, what? what are we doing Jesus here? Christ. I'm looking to – if you want Tiger, you're going to have to shell out the dough. Like I said, you're going to want Generation, guys that are qualified. 15 majors. I don't want Tiger. Okay, well then – that Look, is what it is. like I said, you want a guy who's going to be qualified for the FedEx Cup playoffs to get any opportunity to get some more top tens or a win in. So you want to be looking up that chart. So you're looking at guys like Cameron Champ, like HV3. Um, don't touch Tiger with a 10-foot pole. Um, Mark do Leishman, you, you know, he, don't hate on the leash. Dave is talking like he likes leash, and then he's talking shit about him. Like he, 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 he said he was sweet? on the trade the block. come through here and there. They come through here and there. You know, he's you an Australian. Know. Hey, that's what I said. <laughs> I mean, for fuck's sake, Leishman is comfortably 14th in the FedEx Cup right now. Like he's going to be making the playoffs. You shouldn't be dropping. JB Holmes like is on the he's trading block. He wasn't playoffs. dropping him. Uh, he said he was on the trade block. That's essentially. I thought Holmes was home. Fucking... I don't want home bodies. Wait, were you just about to trade JB Holmes? For Leishman, yes. No, my point oh. is that, like, why the fuck did you get J.B. Holmes? Oh. <laughs> it was a, a panic move, man. All right? It was okay. not my best choice. Let's just, let's just go into my team. Yes, okay, Dave. Fine, Dave, go ahead. I'm in second place now from, I think, fourth place. Yes, fifth. fourth or fifth. Yeah, so we made a big jump today. My boy Marikawa came home for me. When I say came home, I mean won the damn tournament and got me 10 points. It really leapfrogged me. 
and you know Matthew Wolf as well. Yeah, Matthew Wolf did me strong. You know, he was really hurting me in the beginning of the season, but he has turned it around. He is showing his true colors, which I knew he would show. And you know, the team's the team's coming into its stride. We need we need Leash to come. He he got a win earlier this season. He wasn't on my team at the time, but I saw what he did. Added him to the team. I knew he was a good player. I know he is a good player. Still is a good player. Um, we're happy to have him, but he needs to step it up. That's why he's on the trading block. Same with Tiger. When you guy, when you say we're happy to have him, who do you mean? Do you mean you and your team? Me and my affiliates. I, <laughs> okay, I would have cool. gone with just... me and my team, but affiliates is fine. <laughs> Well, I think he kept okay. it big. He might have some outside like super PAC money on his team or something. Jesus, <laughs> Dave, with the shadow commissioner. Yeah, I mean, I have someone people. else guiding his team. Yeah, for him. I'm. A, I actually am. I'm. I'm really upset though that my boy DJ couldn't just come through and and take it home today because that I mean, would have you had a lot of confidence early in the day. Is that who your father-in-law was rooting for as well? You were both rooting for DJ, or do you have someone else he was rooting for? No, actually, like, if it weren't for DJ being on my team, I wouldn't even have cared that he was there. Strangely enough, I was hoping that Morikawa kept doing well. But every time he made a putt, I would be like, God, good putt, dude. And I'd be like, fuck you, though. Because I was just (laughs) bummed that it was, like, going against me. But I actually was – I think overall – I was actually rooting for Colin today. Um, I think more than anybody else. Uh, I actually also was I, – I liked the chef. I, I was hoping that he would do decent today. Like, every time that he had a good shot, I was stoked for him. Um, you know, kind of watched him fall Speaking apart a little bit. Chef, but kid – Kid just straight up cut the chef from his team. Didn't think the guy had the, what it took to fucking stay on the team. How do you feel about that, Clint? Well, you know, it's a it's a cut cutthroat world out there, and you know, if, if there's not somebody performing, you you drop their ass, and you know, I get it. But at the same time, sometimes you gotta have faith in your people, and uh, I think exactly. he showed that he's still. I think he showed once again. I, what is he, 24? I mean, we're talking about these kids in the 21 to 25-foot range and 25-foot or age, either one. Jesus. <laughs> Giants out there. I mean, to jump in to speak to on behalf of myself here on what happened with my team is that Chef was missing shitloads of cuts. I, I stuck out with him for quite a long time. I mean, if we're running, we're running short on time toward the end here, but to, to just wrap this up to a bit – I think it should be, it should be noted that um, there was no person today, possibly besides maybe Xander, that I was rooting for harder than Chef. And both the people in this room can attest to that, that I was rooting my ass off for Chef when he wasn't even on my team. I think um, that was he, because of a wager that was placed? Regard, well, more to show that I still had commitment for the boy and faith in the guy that I put the money down to back him up. And I'm not even a major gambler. I didn't even put – like I don't put money in – tournaments really to begin with besides like fantasy leagues and stuff like that so you know this whole this whole propaganda machine of misinformation about how i'm i'm not actually ford scheffler the fact of the matter is i was working on 
a fucking system with him that I was sticking it out for, and just the economics weren't working out. At the end of the day, he missed the cut at the workday, he missed the cut at the rocket mortgage, he missed the cut at the travelers, he missed the cut at the waste management, and he missed the cut at the farmer's insurance. The dude was torching my team from the inside <laughs> out, and he was cooking us alive. <laughs> like a chef would do. And, well, and, he is. He's a chef, dude. Let him do his thing. I mean, come on. And, and what it came down to was just like, I have to get someone in to clean up the damage a little bit. And that guy was burger and he performed pretty well this week is uh, too. So the chef cooked up a burger. So the, the, <laughs> Oh man, the, the fact of the matter is, is actually, that like, I, I'm yeah. happy for the chef. I'm glad he put, performed well. I was rooting for him to fucking win the thing. So, you know, the, the main thing here is that um, the moment that someone tries to talk shit about my backing on the chef is just, it's just it's just unfounded, and it, and it, it's honestly just disrespectful. And the fact of the matter is, is that you you push people out to find their their legs. You know, I pushed him out of the nest because he was getting the support system that maybe he needed to go run lone wolf for a while and and find his way. And you know, he's done well, that. You said you pushed him out of the nest. I mean, if he was in a nest, he would break his legs on that fall. That was not very tinder of you to not if he flapped his wings not if he flapped his wings he was a lone wolf with wings that just learn to fly before he hit the ground i get it i get it and he did he just got a t-third in you know this major so i mean the fact matters is that chef is trending and the guy's got a big big ballpark game and he's gonna he's gonna keep doing what he he does best which is cooking the field alive um it's just unfortunately he learned to cook on us first you know so you know it is what it is and i i'm happy for him i hope he continues continues to tear it up and you know we hope to see him on the uh maybe the squad next year i think that's a, a great opportunity i mean would i pick him back up after this tournament you know maybe but we can't do that anymore we only got one drop and pick up so you know it, it is what it is and uh, it is what it is well i you know bringing this thing full circle and, and going back to you know to the major today, um, you know, just talking about all the different stuff in there. I mean, if you look at the top 10 alone, seeing as there's guys from 21 years old to 43 years old in the top 10, um, I think it's just kind of cool what's going on right now. I mean, just the the fact that the the board is so diverse currently with there being so much talent in every direction but with the majority of that talent being sub 25 um it's it's kind of cool it's kind of it's 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 saucing the game up a little bit and i think that it's uh it's a fun little time that we're in and i hope we can get back to crowds being around and seeing how these kids handle pressure uh you know when there's when there's thousands of people breathing down their neck but um you know, just a little side note there. Yeah, I think, you know, honestly, that's a great place to wrap it. Um, Andy's going to win the league. He's leading by, like, 40 points. He's got he's got JT. He's got Bryson. He's got Henrik Stenson. He's got Speed. He's got B. Now he's going to win. That's all we need to see yeah, on his team for. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that narrative. Um, I'm coming for you, Ando. <laughs> and you better be watching your rear because I'm coming in hot. Yeah, well, Andy just happens to be the one person that gives – two shits about this league so um the fa- I, I don't know if he's even checked the group text the entire season i also i'm not even sure if he's watching golf right now i'm not sure 
Uh, I know he bought a PlayStation 4. I know that he's gaming hard on Call of Duty. Um, but I don't know if he's watching golf right now. And I don't think he I mean, he doesn't have to, to, winning, to, win the yeah, to win the league. He doesn't have to watch anything. The money's just there. Yeah, I mean, he'll be waiting for him if he wins. Um, all right, cool. You guys got any final parting thoughts? Nah, yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed the PGA Championship. Uh, I know we did. Congratulations, Morikawa. You fucking did it. You are a major champion, and we're all stoked for you. Just hoping for more to come. Yeah, and uh, yeah, y'all have a good one. Thanks for joining us, Clint. Later, hey, Clint. Yeah, I had fun, boys. I had fun, boys. I'll catch you on the flip. Peace. Peace. Later, boys. Later.